Hello out there to all people and stalker librarians. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the biggest credge I know, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? I think you're the biggest credge. <laughs> oh, you fucking credge. Oh, yeah. You would say that. I would. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing all right. Nice. How has your week been? I, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons again recently. Ooh. I know, right? That's cool. Yeah. So this time, so when I play Dungeons and Dragons, I almost never get to play, be a player, right? I always I always DM, which is fine. I like DMing. You're but, good at DMing. Oh my gosh, thank you. Um, <laughs> But this time I convinced the people I'm playing with to like rotate DMing, right? So I get to actually play a little bit every couple of weeks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And um, spoilers, when I get to DM, I'm going to just do episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's the plot and they're not going to know any better. <laughs> no one will recognize them? No, I'm thinking about uh, for my next campaign, having them going into the uh, Laughing in the Dark fun house and just having it be like a bunch of like riddles and uh puzzles is there gonna be a dragon that just pops out and blows fire at them yes that is one of the traps that i'm thinking about putting in there excellent yeah i'm excited i play a bard uh, as you would probably assume (laughs) i I, I just assumed it without you even saying it (laughs) yeah i just i love bards i like to be able to um heal people and stuff and i don't feel like being a cleric (laughs) so a bard for me yeah when you're playing as a character and you're not DMing, are you yeah. judging the DM? No, I try not to. I'm not the best DM like, anyway, That's though. not how I would do it. I'm not the kind of person that's like, mm, actually, on page 63 of the Dungeon Master Guide, you know, like, I don't throw rules in people's faces or anything, unless they ask me to, because, I mean, <laughs> unless they ask Please about it. Please throw rules in my faces. <laughs> No, it hasn't come up yet, because I DM'd one session, and then um, we had uh, another DM DM the next session, and then the session this tomorrow, I guess, we do it on Sunday, so tomorrow uh, is going to be by another person. So we got three DMs. So, yeah, how are you doing this week, Brandon? What you, what you been up to? Uh, Not much, really. Nothing new to report over here. Yeah, that's all right. It's getting cold, and I'm okay with that. Oh, cold is the best. It's getting hot over here, so that sucks. Yeah, have fun with that. Oh, thanks. So, are you ready to talk about some goosebumps? Yeah, let's talk about, uh, you know, The Girl Who Cried Monster. Yeah. Let's do it. The Girl Who Cried Monster. What did you think of this episode? You know what, Brandon? I judged yeah. the book by the cover. I did. That was part of the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, I liked it a lot more than the cover. <laughs> I imagine that you would have to, because that cover is so fucking stupid. Yeah, um, I kind of love the cover, in like its own way, you know, not because it's cool or anything, it's just so outrageous. Uh, but I liked the episode a lot, I think. I think I liked it a lot, Brandon. Did you? I think so. I wish I, wish wow. I had, had time to watch it again, just to like solidify my feelings, but uh, I like the main actress. I thought she did a great job. Um... The story, the overall story, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of slow at points. That's just kind of a, I don't know if that's just theme with goosebumps, but, um, I think it picked up really well. Uh, the effects in it, like the prosthetics and stuff they use are pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I did not see that coming and I liked it a lot. <laughs> R.L. Stein, he got me. I don't know. What to say. <laughs> he did it. 30, He's the master. 32 years old. And I was like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> so i liked it i liked it it was good stuff well that's good uh i mean it sounds like you liked it more than i did uh i didn't dislike this episode and i've seen it before but mm-hmm. from just the title you kind of know like where it's going and you're just yeah. waiting for it to get there i mean it's basically like chicken little yeah it's the boy who cried wolf but yeah. monster so like, you get it, you're like, all right, she's, they're not going to believe her, blah, blah, blah. And it does have, you know, twists and turns, but mm-hmm. uh, it is kind of just that. But it's not it's not a bad episode. I didn't dislike I, it. I think what happened to me, I'm going to try to defend myself here. <laughs> I think what you happened better. to me is <laughs> I expected it to go, like, left, and then it went right. You know, like, the, 
towards the end. I thought it was going to go one way, and then it went the complete opposite mm-hmm. way of what I was ex- expecting. So I think it just kind of caught me off guard. And uh, that was I liked that. I don't get surprised uh, yeah. very often anymore. So yeah, I'm like hyping good, this uh, up. <laughs> people are people no. that know this episode or read this book are probably like, "This kid's stupid." <laughs> <laughs> It's a dumb dumb. Uh, an unexpected twist is actually really exciting. Yeah. It's not like when you go into an M. Night Shyamalan movie or whatever and you're like, okay, but what's the twist the whole time? Yeah, exactly. If you actually don't expect it, then it's damn cool. Yeah. That's kind of why Fight Club was my favorite movie for the oh, longest right. time because I honestly went into that movie expecting uh, basically a Rocky movie, but like you know, underground fighting instead of boxing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that at all. Yeah, you're so right. So it was yeah. my favorite because it just totally was so different from what I expected. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. But let's just talk about the episode then. Okay, yeah, let's just dig into it with a spoon. Dig into it like Carly Beth digging. Oh my God. Take it. Let's take three bites on it. Oh, that. <laughs> now you're talking about a sandwich. <laughs> Nope, not this time. Let's dig into it like that one weird uh, doll dressed up drunk girl <laughs> digs into that nasty fucking sandwich. <laughs> what is that? I still, I've seen the picture you posted on Instagram and I stared at it oh. and like my mind just can't process it as a sandwich for some reason. It's just a brick. I don't know, man. We start this episode with a shot slowly painting across some trees and backyards yeah. Before a girl's voice loudly announces, I love to scare my little brother Randy. I tell him scary stories about monsters until he just begs me to stop. And I'm always teasing him by pretending to see monsters everywhere. I guess that's why no one believed me the day I saw a real monster. Until it was too late. As she jibber-jabbers on, we see a toy ball bounce into a patch of flowers. Dude. A small boy runs up to them and begins, towing them with his bare foot. <laughs> uh, this introduction was really weird to me okay so it pans over like some fucking giant ass spider webs and shit and this girl mm-hmm. is just like overacting her lines and i'm like yeah. oh my yeah. god this is what we're getting uh, i thought that this girl was going to be the worst actress we've seen so far oh, this when you said she was great it reminded me how, like, all of my notes at the beginning are about how bad she is. But by the end of the episode, I was actually like, no, this girl's all right. Like, she's yeah, she's good. She's She's got a lot of emotion in her face. Yeah, I just, I don't know. There's something about her. I thought she did a really great job. Except for this line read uh, at the beginning, <laughs> which was really bad. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't nail every, like, line read. But I think she does a good job. I also really love this kind of intro because it's, she's like, what, was she sitting at like the juice box? (laughs) Like she's sitting at the bar, like reminiscing about this moment in her life. Like, that's the day everything went crazy, folks. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. She's just like in the future, down on her luck, some homeless (laughs) guy next to her, like listening to her story. Yeah. That's how this starts. Mm Mm-hmm. Guys never believe it, but man, this is how it happened. Like, could happen to you. All right, let's get on with that toe ball. <laughs> All right, so he's towing this this grass with his foot. Then someone yells, "Randy!" behind him, and he turns around as if there was a "no towing the flowers" sign there or something. Yeah. Well, his you sister yells flowers, at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. His sister yells at him. Haven't you heard of the razor-toothed toe biter? Now, Randy is like, what the fuck you mean, toe biter? Yeah, me too. The girl, whose name is Lucy, says, yeah, that thing got a couple of kids around the neighborhood. Randy looks down at his own painfully vulnerable toes. Couldn't they see it coming, he says. Lucy continues bullshitting, saying, the toe biter can camouflage as anything. Randy accuses her of lying, but in that kind of way that sounds more hopeful than accusatory. Lucy makes her way over to the flower bed and begins to dip her own barefoot into the plants. Randy begs her not to, but she (laughs) says she'll just do it quick. (laughs) What did they gain from this? Like, I know he's going for the ball, but at this point they, like, forgot about the ball. So what's going on? I forgot about the ball. Everyone forgot about the ball. (laughs) 
It's not about the ball anymore, Cortland. No, it's about dipping your toes in flowers and shit. <laughs> yes. Suddenly, she yells that something has grabbed her. She pretends to struggle with something. Randy screams us into a commercial break. And this kid has a set of fucking pipes on him, I tell you. Dude, some, the screams in this show have been uh, unreal. Like, super impressive. Yeah, you're not getting any of those, uh, screams. These kids go for it. They got paid to scream, so they're doing it. When we come back, Lucy is still screaming for her foot's life. Randy, <laughs> being a responsible young brother, runs in to get help. He yells at his mom that the toe biter has got Lucy. And mom, with all the energy of someone who probably has to deal with the shit ten times a day, time. tells Randy that there ain't no goddamn toe biter. Randy says, uh-huh, because all her toes are gone. Well, how would you know that? She's just got like a nugget for a foot now? <laughs> I don't know. He didn't stay to watch. She was just like, oh no. And he was like, I'm out of here. It's classic Jurassic Park when he grabs the electric fence and is all like, blah, blah, blah. and then he's like, gotcha kids. And they're like, oh, I thought you got gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> exactly. Lucy then walks in nonchalantly and Randy says, how did all your toes grow back? <laughs> I, I can't, I cannot feel sorry for this kid. Like, if he's still falling for this shit time after time, and he says dumb stuff like, How did your two- toes grow back? <laughs> like, he has no one to blame but himself. I don't think Randy's the worst, though. I mean, even from what we've seen already from, like, little brothers, little sisters, he's not the worst. No, he's not the worst. He's actually the best of the three so far, now that I think about it. <laughs> he is, but he's just dumb. Yeah, he's dumb. <laughs> he's neutral, I'd say. Yeah, he's just dumb. Mom says cut that scary story stuff out. But Lucy, standing not two feet away, starts telling Randy <laughs> that the toe biter gave her her toes back because she agreed to give it his toes. And Randy, having learned oh. nothing from any moment of his life, screams, No! <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> it is. Mom, having had just about enough of this, sends Lucy to her reading rangers session oh my God. with Mr. Mormon. <laughs> What is this? Okay, so I actually, when I watched the episode, I didn't catch this part where she sent him to, or sent her to go to the Reading Rangers. So I was just like, the whole episode, I was just like, why is she at this library so much? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why, though? I heard that line, and I still don't understand why she's at that library. (laughs) She's part of this Reading Rangers group, but as far as I can tell, (laughs) that means she just goes to the library and (laughs) picks a book. I think it's basically like a book club kind of thing, but it's kind of like the summer reading program or something, because like, it seems like she just reads a classic and then hands it to this fat librarian. I mean, we're, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. for a one-sentence review. Okay. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> the mom cracks an egg, which transitions perfectly into a book slamming down on a table. Good stuff. I love transitions. Yeah. They keep great. the story going. Now, here's going. a transition. We've got yeah. some characters. To oh, me, we, do. we have most of the characters almost. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have like two thirds. We have like sixty percent of the characters. <laughs> so, we've got Lucy, the older sister, who's played Seems. by Deborah Scorsone. Now, I think she did a good job in this. Me too. And you think she did a good job in this? Mm-hmm. So you think she probably would have a really good career, and you know she'd improve her acting talents. Yeah. And get bigger and bigger roles. I would have assumed at least another episode of Goosebumps. Well, Cortland, she was in absolutely nothing else. This is her one role on IMDb. Yeah. And I think that's a shame. Yeah, me too. I mean, like, I get people, you know, can do whatever they want. and Some things don't work out in life or you pursue different paths or whatever. But I think she would have been good. Yeah. I only hope it was like her decision. She was just like, no, acting's not for me. Rather than people being like, did you see that girl in the fucking Goosebumps? No way. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Me too. So we've got Randy, the younger brother. He's played by Brandon Bone. Okay. He probably was in another Goosebumps, right? I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. All right. Now, my my fellow Brandon had a few more appearances, (laughs) such as Greg from Escape Human Cargo and Bus Kid Number One. In My Father's Shadow, the Sam Shepard story. All right, well, 
One of those sounds really boring, and the other one sounds like human trafficking. So, so great stuff. What years were they from? Was he like a '90s actor, and then I'm out of this stuff for good? Or well, his last role was in 1999. Ah, okay, all right. So, the age of 13, he was like, "I'm out." Yeah, they were like, I'm "All a right, man now. you're too old for this. Get the hell out of here." No longer that cute little kid from Goosebumps. Mm-mm. His voice is cracking, and they just kicked him right out of the studio. They, were, they shipped him out like human cargo. And we have Mom, who's played by Lynn Cormack. And she's actually been in a ton of stuff. I was going to say, including... she, I get, she gets the vibe to me that she's been in a lot for some reason. I don't know. Parents always seem to be in so much stuff. Well, they're older. They've had time to be in more things. <laughs> I mean, it's like 25 years, though, Brandon. <laughs> A lot of them seem to, like, still be working. That's just so cool. weird. I like, mean, there's I mean, that's so weird. many actors out there that I figure, like, 99.9% of them are in one or two things, and then Done. that's it. Like, there's just not enough room out there for everyone who wants to be an actor. Yeah. But these people, you know, are in all of the five things that film in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, Lynn's been in a couple episodes of Friday the 13th, the series... We really should try and look and see if we can We're do gonna that We're going to have to. Yeah, it's like the natural next step, I feel. She was also in an episode of something called Mutant X in 2004. That sounds like it's an X-Men ripoff. That to me just sounds like something that's way too late to be called Mutant X. Like, that sounds 90s as fuck. Anyway, back to the show. Alright. At the library, Lucy slams down a copy of Black Beauty on the counter. A middle-aged bald man in a sweater vest looks at her and says, hey. <laughs> What? I feel like you're attacking me. <laughs> Are you wearing a sweater vest right now? Fuck no, I'm in, like, sweatpants, dog. Hey, it's Saturday. A sweater pants? <laughs> yeah, sweater pants. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. <laughs> so, a middle-aged bald man in a sweater vest looks at her and says, Well, what did you think? Mm-hmm. Lucy sighs and says, uh, two thumbs down. Uh, she sure does. Like, she's like, fuck Black Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> she hated yes. it. She did. And with good reason, because that book sucks. Never, the man, never read it. the aforementioned Mr. Mortman, says, Black Beauty is a classic. Lucy, Black mm-hmm. Beauty is a classic. And Lucy says, It would have been better if the horse had two heads. And big old gnarly fangs. She's up because she likes monsters. monsters. You see, she loves monsters. Yeah, she's one of them monster people. She's she's not a horse girl. She's a monster girl. <laughs> she cannot appreciate any kind of art or entertainment unless it involves monsters. I can see why she hated Black Beauty then. Yeah, Mormon tells her to go pick up another book as he shakes his head. Uh-huh. So Lucy's thumbing through what I guess is the monster section, <laughs> and. A boy with a voice that sounds like he's had a few glasses of helium before shooting <laughs> comes up and asks her what she's getting. Frankenstein, yeah. she says. Okay. And they both agree that's dope as hell. And she takes it to the counter. Okay, I know that this... I legitimately forgot this kid was in this episode, so... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he's not very important. Like, when we were talking about how this was most of the actor Or most of the people that we meet in the episode i legitimately forgot this kid was in this episode to be fair so did i and i i wrote these notes the librarian asks her if she's sure about this book because it's a classic as well but lucy says well this one has monsters so it's cool then the boy with her awkwardly asks wouldn't it be cool if there were real monsters like that's a thing that you say out loud or get something i don't know I mean, there are real monsters in this world. They're just disguised as real people. What an odd thing to just say, though. Yeah, you're right. I don't understand. This boy says a lot of things like that, actually. He's weird. I like him. Even though I forgot he existed. (laughs) (laughs) He's so likable that he just disappears from your memory as soon as you're not looking at him. (laughs) Mortman says, I don't know. People like to be scared in movies and books, not in real life. As he slams his date stamp thingy down. (laughs) And the kids just stare at him for a pretty long time. Then the scene transitions to outside. Lucy is walking with her friend from the library. Whose name is Aaron, by the way. Yep. 
and she asks him if he's ever noticed that Mortman is weird and creepy looking. Oh, they geez. both agree that, yeah, he is hideous. <laughs> um, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's got a sweater vest and everything. It's like This is exactly what kids would do. This is exactly what we did, Brandon. Except we drew comics about them like yeah. eating people. Yeah. So Teach their yeah, own. We're we're actually worse than these kids. We are monsters. <laughs> Whoa. Wouldn't it be cool if we were monsters? You'd be the bane of Australia's existence. Lucy suddenly remembers that she left her blades at the library. Ah, uh, her fucking blades, man. Her blades, Even though, man. How do you forget you left your blades there? Wouldn't you be wearing them when you left? Like, isn't that your primary mode of transportation? I would think it would be hard to, like, r- ride your blades to the library, and then when you're ready to leave, not being like, oh, why am I going so slow? Right, my yeah. blades. I don't know. Aaron, I mean, Aaron doesn't have any blades on, so I don't know, man. It's a stupid excuse. It's just a reason to be radical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the 90s. She needed some blades, man. She just... This is the precursor to to Brink. That would be so I cool. mean, I, I rollerbladed in the 90s. Uh, pretty Did you rollerblade two places, or was it just Dude, like, I'm I- at the roller skating rink? Alright, story time. One time, I did rollerblade to somebody's house. I had to cross a busy street and stuff. It was kind of a ways away. And I was like, I'm gonna rollerblade, because I was an idiot. And I fell. And I ripped my pants in the crotch. And it was so fucking embarrassing, Brandon. (laughs) Oh my god. I was... Did Did everybody stare and laugh at you? No. Like, nobody was around, but it still happened. So, at that point, I was too scared to rollerblade more on the road because it was all rocky and stuff. So, I, like, walked slowly in the grass of people's yards, like, clip-clipping my way through. Why didn't I just take off the fucking rollerblades? I don't know. But I don't know. I was just, like, slower than if I was walking because I was trying not to fall in people's yards and rip my pants more. I got to my friend's house eventually, and I called my mom and asked her to pick me up because I was... I was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyway, my my track record with rollerblades is not very good cuz another time I was rollerblading and I fell like onto my back and I was just like I got up and I was what are like, "What you nope, doing, man? I'm done." <laughs> I don't know. It's just extreme stuff with it. I don't know. You and rollerblades just don't mix. I'm sorry to say. <sighs> I tried to wear them uh not that long ago. And I put them on, and I like tried to stand up, and I was like, nope, I can't do it. I can already feel my 32-year-old body breaking <laughs> at the first fall. I haven't even... I haven't worn rollerblades in, like, 20-plus years now. Yeah, I don't recommend... I mean, if you can do it, do it, but, like, I couldn't, so... I didn't. <laughs> I took them off immediately. So Lucy's going to get her blades, but Aaron can't go back with her. He's got to go home and inhale some balloons or something. (laughs) He needs to keep that voice up. (laughs) So now we have a few more of the characters. Almost all of them. Yes, yes. Mr. Mortman is played by Eugene Lipinski. And before you ask, there's no relation. (laughs) No, there has to be. Is it like Tara's older brother? (laughs) (laughs) Older brother? He's like 80. No, he's not, but he he is an older gentleman. He's actually from England. Oh, okay. Uh he didn't have an accent. Like no, I know you didn't. can suppress an accent or whatever, but like I he didn't have an accent in this episode, did he? No. But to be fair, like it would be easy to suppress your accent, I think, when all your lines are said like mm-hmm. kind of whispering and slowly <laughs> slowly and creepily. Yeah. Like he's not true. talking naturally. He's not like, hey, I'm Mr. Mortman. How's hey, it going? He's I'm like, Tara Lipinski's older brother. <laughs> I'll see you again. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Tara Lipinski's older brother. <laughs> Excellent work, uh, Eugene Lipinski. <laughs> yeah, he's been in a shitload of things, actually. And a few highlights include a role in the 1996 Harriet the Spy movie. You know what? He would be in Harriet the Spy with fucking Rosie O'Donnell. He's like the male version of Rosie O'Donnell already. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, am I wrong? <laughs> I have no argument against that statement. So, yeah, let's go with it. Okay. Uh, what else has he been in? So he's he's Tara Lipinski's older brother. And he's the male Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. That's why he got okay. so many acting jobs. <laughs> He's been in eighteen episodes of the Animorph series. Nice. <laughs> and he had a role in a TV movie called Guitar Man. Now I was curious enough to actually look into this. Yeah, you here's do the like description guitars. of Guitar Man. It's, it better be as good as Nightman. <laughs> it's not. It's not nearly as good. But okay, okay. <laughs> it is weird. A guitar-playing stranger saves a small town's crops from swarms of locusts. When the job is done, the mayor won't pay. Spoilers. But when the stranger drives all the kids from this town, they realize the kids are more important than they knew. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Every single word of that description only raises more questions. So basically it's the Pied Piper? I don't know what it is. I, think I don't the, know what the I think Pied that's Piper, what the Pied Piper is. is. I think the Pied Piper like got rid of all the rats or something that were infecting people with the bubonic plague. And then they were like, okay. yeah, thanks, but fuck off. And he was like, all right, I'm stealing your children. <laughs> okay, so I was like totally thrown by this description, but it has some kind of... I mean, pressing. let's be honest here, Brandon. That's still fucking ridiculous. Um, but I'm, sh- I'm sorry that it's actually just classic literature or something. Okay, so. <laughs> I feel like placing it in modern day, though, just makes it like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're like, oh, nobody plays Pied Pipes anymore. <laughs> we gotta give them a guitar. <laughs> Pied Pipes. <laughs> I'm not looking anything up. So. <laughs> okay, so Aaron is played by Christopher Tua. Okay. And this was his first role, actually. Which makes sense, because he's not very good. Yes. He has a tiny handful of other credits, like four other things, but there's nothing noteworthy or worth talking about. So, that's it. Oh, okay. Let's move on, then. Lucy goes back to the library, which is an imposing gothic castle-looking thing in the middle of the suburbs. Pretty sweet, not gonna lie. Yeah, it's cool-looking, but it is very out of place. She slowly and apprehensively walks up the wooden steps, which creak, and we get a jump scare from a cat. Lucy walks through the dark building as we hear Mortman humming for Elise. Lucy rolls her eyes and says, Probably a classic. She grabs her blades and hears Mortman say, It's time, my plump little beauties. My, 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 little friends, I do believe you've put on a little weight. Naturally, this piques her curiosity. She slithers her way to get a better look. (laughs) We see Mortman hanging out with his pet tarantulas, feeding them some crickets. It's a little weird that he talks to them so much, but otherwise, nothing's out of the ordinary. I mean, like, if I had tarantulas, I'd talk to them, so I'm like this guy. He's very loud, like, woohoo, gonna feed you some crickets. I gotta say, Brandon, on the cover of the book, because I looked at it again before I watched the episode, it's not tarantulas that he has, but it's a pet turtle, so... I feel like they needed to just creep it up some more. Yeah, I mean, tarantulas are creepier than turtles, and they probably are easier to film, (laughs) because they actually, like, move and stuff. Yeah. Now, he grabs another handful of crickets, and these ones, he pops right into his mouth. Oh my god, dude... (laughs) I was laughing so hard at this because he scoops them up in his hand and like he nibbles them out of his fingers and like you could t- obviously he's not eating them but he's just like mm-hmm. like it looks like he's giving like a toddler kisses with the way that his lips are pursed and he's like mm-hmm. I, d- I was oh my god dude he's very loudly like mm-hmm, and smacking his lips yes it's, it's 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 so over the top and outrageous that I just love it I love it so much he's just eating these crickets little uh, one for you, two for me with his biters. <laughs> he's he's loving it. I'm And very it. quickly, we see this guy going through his Sailor Moon transformation oh scene into a monster. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I didn't expect it to happen so suddenly. Like He's just eating bugs, and then all of a sudden it's like... Psh, psh, 
And we see his eyes pop out into big old stalks. And he's got slimy, bumpy skin and sharp teeth. It's only his face, though. Yeah. He laughs a bunch to himself for some reason. As he grabs a couple more handfuls of crickets and goes to town. Why does he do this? Why does he transform? I don't don't know. I don't understand why he would transform anyway. There's no point. Maybe it's just something he can't control where he's like so aroused he just pops into monster mode. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. I guess. Like you, you mentioned, I didn't notice this when I was a kid, but it is really essentially just the top half of his face that transforms. Yeah. It's a prosthetic that covers, like, from his nose up. Yeah. It's the like, bottom well, half of his head his is teeth. normal, other than the teeth. Yeah. It's like, like from the bottom lip up is... But monster. it is a good mask. It is. It looks really cool. Um, Like, the eyes, like, they're kind of like puppet eyes where they can, like, move independently and stuff. And his teeth are super yeah. sharp and he's dripping green goo and his teeth have, like, this green or blue tint to it or something. It's, it's pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah. He reminds me of some aliens in the Star Wars yeah, universe. Like, he could be you know, playing probably at a only cantina. like two people out there that will know what I mean, but he looks like the grand species. Yeah, he could be playing like his little, he could be playing the Pied Piper in the cantina. <laughs> <laughs> Get him some pipes. Yeah. Some Pied Pipes. Some Pied Pipes. <laughs> no, he prefers to just hum. That's his instrument, his beautiful voice. Oh, so good. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your spider-keeping librarian. Thank you for tuning into the show, whether this is your first episode or you've binged the entire show. We really appreciate you spending some time with us. We've got plenty more content available on our Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. There's bonus episodes like Quick Fright Horror Movie and Video Game Reviews, our True Crime episode, and more. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get instant access to early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing them. Higher tiers get more rewards like stickers and shirts. So check it out and consider becoming a patron today. I'd like to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Mia, Tristan, Venice Witch, and newest patron, Kristen. The Silver Goth, Shane, Evelyn, Stephen, Matt, Gerilyn, Brittany, Aaron, and Shelly. The Golden Day Days, Faith, Sarah, and Angela. And the Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, and Matt. Thank you so much, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. I'm getting together some goodies for another Patreon-exclusive giveaway, so stay tuned. We make tons of content for you to enjoy on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook group. Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Private Island Presents and on Twitter at PRVT Island. Search our Facebook group or check out our episode description for a link. We've got links to all of our social media pages, the YouTube page, merch store, and more. Got a question about the show? Our inbox is always open. You can send us an email at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you're a podcaster, we're always looking for new shows to cross-promote with. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for his show, aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. This week, I'd like to play the promo for one of my personal favorite podcasts, Three Spooked Girls, hosted by the wonderful Tara and Jessica. I recommend this show all the time on Twitter, and if you're looking for a great true crime podcast, this one's my favorite. Hey there, I'm Tara. And I'm Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal or murder, join us on Mondays for full-length episodes where we discuss our favorite paranormal stories and true crime cases. And join us again on Thursdays for our mini-sodes called Stabby Snippets, where we tell you all about true crimes happening in the news. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever the hell else you listen to your pods at. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, by using the handle at three spooked girls. Come and hang out with us and get your spooky on while we scare the hell out of you. That's all I've got this week. Thanks again, everyone, for listening in. I had a lot of fun talking with Brandon about this episode, and I really hope you enjoy it too. Talk to you next week. Bye. Now Lucy's curiosity is satisfied, and she just runs away. Yes. And it's pitch black outside now. So I wonder how long it took her to find her blades.
Dude, that was the most perplexing part of this episode, is that she walked into that place when it was bright-ass day out, and she's in there mm-hmm. for, I don't know, two minutes maybe, and she comes out and it's pitch black. <laughs> yeah. She just got lost watching him eat crickets for four hours. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And her parents don't even care. <laughs> nope. At home, Lucy runs in to find her mom and dad still preparing dinner. They've been cracking eggs for like four hours now. She says that there's a monster at the library. Randy's instantly like, oh fuck, oh no. <laughs> Dad, showing no concern, just says, Don't you say hi anymore? Hi, oh yeah, that was great. She continues describing the monster, and though Randy is increasingly worried, Dad just wants her to help make dinner, since apparently this is going to be a huge project that takes four weeks or something. They're making meatballs, Cortland. It's not rocket science. No, it's not. Um, these meatballs are very prominent in this episode, just going to say. and uh, they... Yeah, they do kind of feature. <laughs> like, we see every step of the process in real time. Yeah, because she starts them at the beginning of this episode, and she doesn't finish them until the end. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole meatball arc in this episode. <laughs> yeah, there's a meatball recipe in the back of the book. That would be great, actually. Dad says he was hoping that this monster business was just a phase she was going through. Lucy hits back with some fortune cookie wisdom, saying, Life is a phase I'm going through! Yeah, what the fuck was that? (laughs) That was very out of place. I don't know. It makes no sense, but that's fine. Let's just continue as the episode did, so... (laughs) Lucy gets frustrated as her parents ignore her in favor of discussing the proper size for their meatballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Dad likes those meatballs nice and big. Yeah, he likes the big balls. <laughs> um, So we've got our final character now. It's, yes. Dad, it's Dad, who's played by Dan Lett. And he's also been in a ton of stuff, from X-Files to Franklin. <laughs> wow, what a range. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was in Best Picture winner The Shape of Water. But oh, most nice. importantly, he was Agent McKibble. In My Date with the President's Daughter. okay. A Best Picture winner in its own right. Yeah. Uh, in our hearts. What was that other movie called? Color of Water? Is that what it was? The Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Is that the one with the uh, the girl that gets attracted to the monster in the tub of goo? Or, I mean, the tub of water? <laughs> That's my understanding. I haven't seen it. Okay. I haven't seen it either. Did he play the monster? He probably didn't. I don't think so. Okay. That's cool. This I like this dad. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's not bad. On the phone later with her friend, Lucy continues lamenting the fact that no one will take her seriously. Aaron says, gee, I wonder why. She's <laughs> offended that even her best friend, or whoever this kid is, doesn't believe her. But he'll believe her. They'll all believe her when she gets some proof. Yes. As she grabs the least conspicuous neon pink camera in the world. Mm-hmm. The next day at the library, Lucy is sitting with Mortman alone discussing Frankenstein. And I guess this is what the Reading Rangers is? It must be. How did she read Frankenstein so quickly? It's good. I don't know. She reads a book every single day. Like, it must be summer break or something, but even so, like, damn. She just ripped through Black Beauty and Frankenstein. It's taken me going on 32 years to read (laughs) Frankenstein, and I'm still not done. Same. I've never started it, though. (laughs) Mortman says, Don't you think the monster was the most sympathetic character in the story? Mm -hmm. Lucy doesn't even try to answer that question and asks, Do you believe in monsters? Now Morty takes his glasses off and says, Maybe we all have a little bit of monster in us. And at this point, Brandon, is when I made my own decision on how this story was going to end. So... This is the pivotal moment for me. Yeah? Well, I want to hear what you thought was going to happen. Well, okay, so I thought either this was all going to be, like, her imagination, right? Because, I mean, that's Mm kind of what it wants me to think here, I think. Or it was going to be, like... Well, we saw him transform. Yeah, but even so, it could have been her being, like, whoa, you know. I'm going to... It could have been all, like, a big story, like... Like she crashed her blades and she had this fantasy in her coma? <laughs> no, that's amazing, but no. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, like it would have been her telling this story to like Aaron 
or her brother oh. or something, and she's embellishing a whole lot of shit. Or I thought maybe it was going to be a situation where he was a monster, and it's got to be their secret, and they become friends, and it's basically Maggie and the Ferocious Beast, okay? Oh, gorgeous. I was wrong on both counts. Spoilers. I mean, it's for a their own 25-year-old episode. I'd watch both of those episodes, though. I don't know. I'm pretty stupid, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm no R.L. Stein. <laughs> oh, hell no. Like, you're my best friend, but I would drop you in a second for R.L. Stein. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> he tells her to go pick another book, and that he'll see her tomorrow. You would think that he would have, like, a book list for her to pick out, but... Whatever. No, it's just pick any book it's just, it's and then talk about for it for a minute. It's a free-for-all for the Rangers. She goes every day, though. That's so... It's so much. She's essentially... This guy's essentially the Zordon of the Reading Rangers. Lucy kind of backs away slowly, watching him straighten up some books, and slinks behind a bookshelf. But then immediately she peeks her head back out. I thought that was great. One more peek. Yeah. I don't know why it happened, but I thought it was great. Yeah. She goes to the front door and opens it, then slams it to make Morton think she's gone. And it must work, because he is back to humming and feeding his pet tarantula. Instantly, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just waiting like, for her to leave. He didn't go and lock the door. He's just like, ah, that Lucy girl's got it. No one else could possibly come in. <laughs> now, I was too lazy to go back and check if it was the exact same footage. But it was like the exact same sequence of events here. Yes. Except this time, after he transforms, he picks up a tarantula... And very slowly, over the course of like 30 cuts, yep. puts it into his mouth and eats it. I loved it. Because they show like half the tarantula sticking out of his mouth. Like, is he just like sucking on it or something? <laughs> like a little pacifier? Um, I feel like they put it in the actor's mouth like a fake tarantula or something. And we're like, oh, right, totally. quickly get the shot. Got it? Okay. Take it out. I'm going to take it out now. Yeah, it's great. It's honestly, it's great. And this whole time he's laughing. He laughs so much. Dude. And I don't know what he finds so funny. He was laughing like a supervillain when he was eating those uh, those crickets alone. So I don't know, man. Yeah. He's just like, hur, 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 hur. Lucy gets behind some books and pulls out that blindingly pink camera. Mm-hmm. She, some pictures. And Mortman asks, who's there? <laughs> like he's a fucking giant or something. Lucy runs out of there, and then Mortman yells after her, Lucy! Dude, do you think they just put that in there because of I Love Lucy? Yes, definitely. Okay. That's the, I, I, I was hoping. I actually 100% expected him to say, you have some explaining to do, but he doesn't. Oh, I kind of wish he did now. <laughs> you just have to fill that in in your head. Yeah. <laughs> he says, keep running, little one. I love fast food. Boo. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, there's some groaners. <laughs> we see Lucy running through a half dozen Dutch angles around the library. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Mortman reaches his hand through one of the shelves and scares her into dropping her camera. I thought that was going to be a thing. It's not. Yeah, it's <laughs> no. He comes around the shelf, laughing and twitching, saying... You're just making me hungrier. Dinner is served. He just ate (laughs) a spider. He's so greedy. (laughs) Okay, like we get it. It's hilarious. And he keeps laughing as we cut to commercial. Back from commercial, he's still fucking laughing. My favorite part about this entire scene is that she's running through this library that she like goes to every single day, and the library just has a dead end. Like they put a bookcase in front of it to make a dead end. Why would they do that? Yes, she should have just ran to the girl's bathroom, and then he would be like, "Oh, I can't go in there." I would just plow the bookshelves over. Don't you think? No, she lo- she respects literature too much to do something like that. I suppose. Are you just? I feel like that's just a quip at me, Brandon. <laughs> Some sort of monster that would destroy books. But that's your first thought, to destroy precious art? If it was my life or these books, which wouldn't actually get damaged, I would take the books. You monster. I know. What, do I just rip out pages after I'm done reading them? (laughs) (sighs) I'm the worst. Okay. Lucy can't stand this laughing anymore, and she dives for her camera. She runs right through his legs and runs right out of the library. It's still light outside this time for some reason. 
and she's hauling ass down the street. Mortman yells after her to come back. <laughs> but even he had to know that that wasn't going to work. I mean, why wouldn't you come back? <laughs> so many benefits. <laughs> Imagine her just stopping and being like, hmm, yeah. okay. Yeah, this is reasonable. Let's do it. At home, on the phone to Aaron again. She's telling him that she's got her proof. Aaron is kind of only half invested in this conversation because he's also half-assedly playing a computer game with a joystick Yes. in old school sound effects I playing. I love that sound effect. It's so cheesy. It's video games. R.L. Stein's like, <laughs> never mind. I want to hear what R.L. Stein's like. He's like, put the video games in there, you know, with the boop. <laughs> Like the kids like, you know. The kids will get it. It's, it'll be, it's classic. Just do it. <laughs> Aaron reminds Lucy that because of her library card, Mortman will know exactly where she lives. And that he could be sauntering over there right this minute. She says, that's not funny. But she runs down to the front door and opens it. And Mortman is standing right there. He's there. Yeah. He's a lot slower than she is. <laughs> yeah. He's in boring human form now again. Yeah, I mean, it took him an hour to transform back, but yeah, even so. But it's still not dark, even though this time, like, there was much more action and true stuff happening in the library. I don't know what happened. Obviously, there's some deleted scenes out there that we're missing out on. Arl Stein, where's the extended cut? (laughs) The Stein cut? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mormon's like, sup, Luce? He asks if he can come... (laughs) He asks if he can come inside. Lucy takes a few seconds to look at the latch on the front door. Eventually, she finishes processing her thoughts and locks the door. Mm -hmm. She says her parents aren't home right now. Then she realizes her mistake and adds, They'll be home any minute. I mean, they're in the bathroom. Mom? Is Dad still cleaning his rifle? It's okay, Lucy. Dude, that part was amazing. I I thought that was great. It was... Okay, so... There's something that I love about these episodes of Goosebumps uh, that I don't think was quite in Are You Afraid of the Dark. This is the third time now we've had just weird men. And I think that R.L. Stein does a really good job of like putting an impression on these kids that are going to be watching this that weird men are weird and they're dangerous. Yeah, you know what I mean? men are bad. I agree with you. Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> I hate men. And you should fear them. No, but, like, this whole stranger danger thing, I think he does a really good job of, like, incorporating it into his episodes and instilling that in young kids. Yeah. And I find that very scary as an adult. Me too. Yeah. Um, I do love the way that she interacts with him here, though, with the, like, oh, uh, actually, my dad's, like, you know, hanging his shotgun right now. <laughs> like, that was super cool and uh, super fast thinking, and I loved it. Yeah. It's great. And the whole scene is, like, kind of intense. It's very back and forth, like, close-ups on their face. Mm-hmm. And the music's kind of scary and rises in intensity throughout. It's a nice scene. Yeah. It's also really weird that he's doing this at all, considering he knows that she knows that he's a monster. Yeah. I feel like... And that's that's another thing, is that this door that's separating them is... Screen door. It's the flimsiest of fly screens, like held together with cardboard and duct tape. Yes. He could, if he wanted to, he could just grab her. Mm-hmm. Like his life kind of depends on it, I guess. I mean, no one's going to believe her and he knows no one would believe her, but. Except she Lizzie still, McGuire'd him. Got, if got he felt, <laughs> if he felt in danger, he could just grab her. Agreed. Mortman creepily says, Lucy, it's you I've come to see. You left your backpack at the library. And first, she left her blades at the library, and now her bag. This girl needs to get her shit together. I know. I thought the same thing. She says to just leave the bag on the step. Mm -hmm. He thinks it would be better if she opened the door. God, so creepy. This was the creepiest part of the episode. Yeah. He says he'll just set it down, and he starts walking away. He turns around one last time and says he's looking forward to their next little chat, and he gives an odd little wave. A little later, Mom and Dad arrive home. Lucy runs out to their car and insists that they have to go get the film from the camera developed right away. Yeah, I actually forgot that that was a thing. Um, so, I was, yeah. like, not that I thought it was I a digital camera, but I thought it was one of the ones that, like, 
ejects the paper out and then you have to whip it around in the air for some reason um so i totally forgot that there are places specifically designed to develop film and stuff yeah that feels like forever ago i would explain it for our listeners but i feel like anyone listening to this is yeah of the age that they remember film cameras they don't believe her and don't care even when she Mm -hmm. tells them that mr mortman followed her home i feel like even if you don't believe that he's a yeah. supernatural monster, that definitely raises some questions. I know it was a different time, but yeah, I agree. I mean, okay, I don't want to spoil the whole episode or anything, but they do kind of take that into consideration in a little bit, you know? Like, it's not something that they're just like, oh, honey, shut the fuck up, you know? <laughs> like, they take care of it. <laughs> they, they're they kind of like that as you're watching the episode, though. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> they're like, shut but, up. In fact... They say that it's nice that he brought the bag over because he lives on the other side of town and their house is not on the way at all. It's really weird that they know that, but yeah. Yeah. They just know She says again that they need to get to the photo place before they close. Her parents don't want to, but she eventually annoys them into going. Mm -hmm. Yes, on the longest day imaginable. Yep. As compared to the previous day, that was the shortest day. So much happens in this day. (laughs) We now see Lucy and Randy making their way out of the Timberland Falls photo depot. Lucy is thumbing through the photos while Randy is whining that he wants to see them. He tries to grab them out of Lucy's hand and she drops them. Yeah, really weird. We see that there are pictures of a birthday party or something. I'm going to see. No, I want to look back and see what they were. I like I said, I wanted to watch this episode again, but I just didn't have the time. Yeah, it looks like it's a birthday party. Dad yells at Randy to get his ass in the car. Lucy goes to pick up the pictures, and Mr. Mortman's there, and he bends down some to admire her photography skills. I mean, I guess if there's only one place that you can develop film, he knows that he's going to try and get there as soon as she can, right? I guess, yeah. Still really dumb, but that's fine. He asks her if she's been thinking about monsters again. Lucy's dad says, yo, Mr. M, thanks for bringing back Lucy's bag. Mortman says it was on his way, which they know isn't true. Yeah. But Lucy's mom ignores that fact that this middle-aged man is going out of his way to follow their teenage daughter and invites him over for dinner. Mormon accepts, saying it's been so long since I've had a home-cooked meal. Yeah, he says it all stupid <laughs> like that too. And then he, he and then he giggles a little bit. He 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 finds himself very funny. Like he's hilarious, so I understand. <laughs> Later at home, Lucy smacks her photo evidence on the counter. It's a picture of the library with no one in it. That's what I Lucy thought. Lucy says okay. the fact that he isn't in the photo proves he's a monster. Mom says she don't care if he's a drooling werewolf. He's coming to dinner. It's pretty good. Um, Yeah, the, the part where there was nothing in the picture. I don't know. Maybe that's something more in the books, but I thought it was going to mean anything. But it doesn't. It doesn't. And if that were the case that... He doesn't show up in photos, then he shouldn't even be concerned that she got pictures of him and is developing them. It's dumb. Yeah. That's why I think it's probably more explained in the book, which actually might be worse. So it does have a dumb cover. It's true. Nobody read it. (laughs) Including the people who wrote this episode. They were just winging it because they couldn't they couldn't bring themselves to read it. Just then, the doorbell rings, and Mom tells Lucy that she better be on her best behavior. There's this weird violin music that's playing, too. I'm going to put it in uh, right now, obviously, so everybody can hear it. But it's just, like, generic. That's not what you really put on for a dinner party, though. What do you put on for a dinner party? I've never thrown one. Um, Smooth jazz? I don't know. I just like smooth jazz, honestly. Okay. Mormon comes in wearing his fanciest sweater vest. Mm-hmm. He says hey to Lucy and asks Randy if he'll be joining the Reading Rangers next year. Yes, and that was the first time that I heard Reading Rangers in the episode. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. What is a Reading Ranger? And like I said before, I still don't know. <laughs> they just read books. He's the, He wants it to be like Power Rangers. He's the Zordon. He's all like, Rangers, read Black Beauty. That's what Aaron is. He's the Alpha. Oh my god. We've cracked the case. Yeah, this is actually just an episode of Power Rangers. Randy is hiding behind his big sister and asks if he can sleep on it. Everyone chuckles at that joke. Pretty good joke. Mom says, Lucy. 
offer Mr. Mr. Morton Morton a meatball. meatball. And she hesitantly walks forward with her silver tray of meatballs. And he takes one, slurping on it loudly. So they've been preparing these meatballs for Mm. like over 24 hours at this point, right? Yes. Okay. Continue. (laughs) Man, this is like the the grand finale of the meatball story. Yeah, the meatball (laughs) arc. They're good. (laughs) He says it's delicious, and Mom is pleased. Then Mr. Mormon asks, what's for dinner? Mom says, well... It was going to be a surprise, well, but... Was going to be a surprise. And then Dad pops into frame to say, Since, Since you, asked, you asked, you are. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, whoa, what's happening? I, I really wish I could have seen your face as you were watching this scene. Dude, it's so good. Mortman chokes on his meatball and is like, <laughs> Yeah, fuck? hold on, hold on. Morton <laughs> chokes on Dad's balls. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. We cut to mom, who now has giant fangs. Yes. And she reiterates that, yep, he's for dinner. (laughs) Her and dad hiss and wiggle their tongues through their big ass fangs. Yeah, they're they okay. These fangs, like, simultaneously look really cool and really stupid at the same time. And there's, like, a bunch of, like, drooling shit in their mouths. And, uh, I don't, it's pretty, it's incredible. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. They hiss like snakes and stuff. It's great. It's pretty wonderful. We see Randy and Lucy watching the scene play out. Yeah. Randy could not be less interested. <laughs> Lucy just casually takes a seat on the couch. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on. That's <laughs> not, not what I was expecting. We go back and forth between shots of mom and dad, now fully snake people, yep. snapping their teeth at the camera. And orange first-person shots of Mr. Mortman yes. squirming around. Yes. Oh, my God. They're killing this man in front of their children. <laughs> I mean, he's a monster, but even so, he's in man form right now. <laughs> and also, the two kids just looking at all this like, huh? What? It's incredible. They just watched their snake mom and dad fucking murder this dude. There's, like, no emotion from them. It's really weird. It's incredible. The incredible is what you actually were trying to say. <laughs> when they're finished, Dad says, that was a close call. <laughs> and Mom dabs his mouth with a napkin. So adorable. They love each other. Yeah, they're sweethearts. They are almost as good of a couple as uh, Mr. Pym and Mr. Collins from back in uh, the tale of the gruesome gourmets. <laughs> they wish. Relationship <laughs> goals. I know, right? He tells his kids, listen up. You can't tell anyone that we're monsters. Lucy says, Wow. We know that. Mom says, We can't have other monsters in town either. Dad says, Do you know why? And Lucy says, Because they might tell other people about us. And Randy includes that they might be frightened and chase us away. Yeah. Plot twist, man. They got me. Yeah, a big one. So this explains why Lucy is so interested in monsters. Because she knows they're real. Because she is a monster. Yes. And I can understand why Randy is so scared about them, because he is also a monster that knows there's monsters that knows monsters eat other monsters. So it's it's so cool. I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it, but I thought it was great. No, it's cool. You're right. Like the layers that Arl Stein wove into the story. He's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking genius. I mean, he is, but yeah. Dad says that Mr. Mortman was the first monster to come around there in 20 years. Yeah. Mom says that's why they took so long to believe Lucy. But they did. Like, I think that they... I don't know. At what point do you think it was that they knew, like, Lucy was telling the truth? Probably when she, like, he followed her home, probably, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Because it wasn't too short after that when they found him following her yet again. And then they were like, okay, we need to deal with this pedo. (laughs) Yeah, he's a monster. You know what we fucking do to monsters? We eat them in front of our children. And somehow don't leave any mess behind. Do you think they ripped him apart? Like, did they rip him in half and then eat both ate one side of him? Do you think that's I think they unhinged their jaw and just kind of swallowed him end to end and then met in the middle and kissed. (laughs) So it was like Lady of the Train. Yes. That's adorable. Kind of is. (laughs) Okay. 
Dad sits down with his paper, saying, When you're older, you're going to get your training fangs. Yeah. And Mom says, Yeah, then you'll be able to transform like us. And the kids are both pretty excited about that. They are. Like, how old is Lucy then? Because I was thinking she was like 13? She's like 12, I guess. Okay. Randy sees another monster out the window. Right. Mom says, oh, fuck, not another Mortman. (laughs) (laughs) They say, let's let him in. And they bust out their fangs again. Mm -hmm. The monster at the window just kind of checks things out through the window a little bit longer. Before we reveal that it's just a mask and it's Aaron. Yep. He says, what's up? (laughs) So, it's so unnatural. I love it. It is so odd. Why is he there? (laughs) Dude, he wants some of the meatballs. He was like, dad cooking meatballs? I'm in. I smell the meatballs. Better grab my mask. Go in the backyard and just kind of look in. (laughs) That's that's what it is. You got that was his train of thought. Oh, that's ridiculous. The parents hide their fangs and say, We just finished dinner. Aaron is like Oh man. Talk about time. Well, what's for dessert? They only had one meatball. (laughs) Dad Dad made just one massive meatball and they gave it to Mr. Warman? What's going on? (laughs) It took him four days to make one meatball. (laughs) Mom again says, well, it was going to be a surprise. And I thought, like, for Aaron? Yeah. The dessert? I don't don't know. (laughs) And Dad says, you like cherry pie where did oh god where did he get that cherry pie (laughs) don't know he lifts a cherry pie out from literally nowhere (laughs) he's been he's been smuggling that cherry pie somehow it's a perfectly cooked beautiful cherry pie that he just lifts into frame where did it come from well it was going to be a surprise Coralie. Oh but, my God. It was a surprise for me. I was like, out his ass. it's definitely not going to be a chill. What? <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Uh, so the family all laugh at this, and Mom burps. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> all right, Brandon. I gotta say... I liked this episode when I watched it, and I love it now that we've talked about it. <laughs> oh, it's so much better than the book cover. It was so good. <laughs> and I bet you there's so many people. I, I can see this one being one that people are like, oh, this one sucks. But I think I love it. <laughs> I would actually be interested to hear what you have to say about watching it again. Because the, like the story doesn't make a lot of sense and then you get to the plot twist and then i feel like the plot twist just makes the story make less sense yes because you you go back and be like wait a second if they're monsters and they knew they're monsters and lucy knew that they were monsters yes yes why are why did any of these things happen it's not exactly expertly crafted to be like foreshadowing anything and no <laughs> when you know the twist yeah it's just it raises more questions than i answers. feel like it would have been more interesting to me at least if lucy didn't know that they were monsters and it was like oh now that you're old enough you and randy you know too, why secret not? you're a monster yeah but then he wouldn't have that cool like the only thing about knowing that they're monsters is the interesting aspect of her scaring randy with monsters because they're real and they could eat him which i guess isn't any different than doing that to a regular kid maybe no it could just be that she likes monsters and then when she finds out she is one she'd be like whoa cool just <laughs> this like is better than Black frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was good i i liked it i liked it too i like everything we've done so far i'm really liking goosebumps brandon that's all i gotta say it's good it's a good show it's so funny now Cortland. Yeah. Do you think you could possibly extract any kind of moral from this? Because I feel like the twist kind of ruins the moral. Um, I think you'd still kind of just be apprehensive about 
older men, you know, like, especially as a kid. Be apprehensive about older men, but also your family are. Oh, yeah. Also, your family are murderers. Moral of the story is that even sometimes family can be toxic and monsters. (laughs) Um, meatballs are good. That's the moral. Dude, no, they're delicious. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Nobody's going to be feeding his spiders anymore. Who's going to take over the library duties? He's got a whole fucking room of spiders. They really are fucking monsters, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I know they're not dogs or anything, but, like, they're still alive, too. Moral of the story. Don't kill somebody that's got pets. (laughs) Or at least kill the pets, too. (laughs) Jesus. No. (laughs) Could you okay? You could kill them and then absorb their pets so they're yours now, right? That's the fine. Take care of any outstanding pets. Okay, there we go. Jeez, killing people just suddenly got so much more work. I know, right? It's like you got to do their whole life now. Ugh. The girl who cried monster, Cortland. Do you think that's a good name for the story? It's a stupid name, but it's. A fitting one, I suppose. It should really be the monster who cried monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it should be like fucking reading rangers. <laughs> the mighty monster reading ranger. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else it could be called, though. Honestly, it's it's a pretty fitting name, I guess. Dad's meatballs. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, next. <laughs> okay, so. Let's judge another book by its cover, Cortland. Oh, my favorite part. The next episode of Goosebumps is Welcome to Camp Nightmare. All right. So without looking at the cover, it's going to be a summer camp episode. I feel like, okay, I know I haven't seen a lot of Goosebumps, but I feel like there's a theme from knowing some of the book titles about camping. Like there's this one, there's like fucking Camp Jelly Jam or some bullshit. Uh, Yeah, terrible cover as well. I don't know. Okay, let me look at this cover. Um, okay. It's, uh, I like the purple. Okay, he's got, like, the purple border. Um, yeah. It's got this, ooh, lime green tent. Reminds me of Disney villains, Watcher's Woods. It's got some mangly trees, and then there's a monster that is clawing at the tent. It's kind of wolf-looking. It's got two big eyes mm-hmm. and it's scratching mm-hmm. at the tent. And it's and the tagline says it's the little camp of horrors. So, <laughs> is it a plant? Is it going to be like Seymour? You know, maybe, but no. Based on this, I think it's going to be about a story about like some kids that go camping in these woods and then they get attacked by a monster and they die. They die at the end. Spoilers. Damn. I know. If you're right, that would be a really impressive call. I feel like the cover of Welcome to Camp Nightmare is both a good depiction of what the story's about and also a bad cover because it's just kind of boring and plain like there's nothing interesting about it no but the the colors are good the colors are good i like that lime green especially mixed with that purple it is a sort of oh fuck it is what you think it's gonna be this is gonna be the tale of manaha isn't it maybe (laughs) you figured it out (laughs) well portland back to manaha (laughs) That's next week. Welcome to Camp Nightmare. All right. I'm, I'm ready. That's it for The Girl Who Cried Monster. It's a good episode, but we're donezos. Yes. I will see you next week for that episode. All right, Brandon. I can't wait. Let's do it. I have been up all night. I will talk to you next week. All righty. Bye. Bye, everybody. Classic.